here we are again, back on the Colt Popcast. You guys want to introduce yourselves this time? Because I hate doing it. <laughs> <laughs> then by all means, uh, I'll be introducing myself. Hey, I'm Alan uh, with the Nerd World Order broadcast, a Nerd World Order clothing, whatever Nerd World Order is today. So it's a pleasure to be back here again. Thank you guys very much for having us on. Of course. It's honestly always a pleasure. Pleasure's ours. We, I, I'm Steven. This is Gabe. You want to say hi? What's up? This is Gabe. <laughs> you may have heard him before. You want to go? My name is Alfonso Flores, or as better known on the Nerd World Order broadcast, the X-Man. Snick, snick, yep, up. I've been a longtime friend of uh, Steven's and recently been reunited, so... It's been a fun time being on his podcast, along with joining the Nerd World Order broadcast podcast. So reunited, and it feels so good, Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> My name's Joe. It's, once again, it's a pleasure to be on here. We love coming on your podcast and talking about stuff that we absolutely love. I usually go by the Ninja, so I'm kind of in the shadows, kind of like Hawkeye. So like the, you know, like what we're going to be discussing today, I'm kind of coming out so you get to see the ninja. It's a branding issue. (laughs) Yeah, it's a branding issue. That's a quote. That's a quote. Yeah. So apart from everything, all of us being here, you guys have been doing more consistent podcasts. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Alan, at all about what the inspiration has been there? Absolutely. I I don't want to be an ass kisser, but here I go uh, putting on the chapstick and Uh, puckering up Uh, you know it's definitely motivating to listen to you guys and uh, to work with you guys and when we had the opportunity to work with you guys we definitely got fired up again and you know I I listen to your podcast every week and I think I was telling Joe like dude Gabe and Steve are like over freaking hundred dude like we need to get our asses in gear yeah so so just the idea that you guys are so consistent and you do such a good job and we always enjoy being on the podcast it's like dude what the hell are we doing we need to get our asses back in gear and do what we love so (laughs) That's yeah, what it's dude. all about. Leading by example. I just want to make it known that when I asked that question, I did not expect <laughs> that to be the answer or us to be mm-hmm. uh, involved in any way. But I'm, I'm honored. I mean, I've said this many times on this podcast, but I don't know who, at the end of the day, I don't know who we make this for apart from like ourselves. Like, and that's the motivation for us is just to mm-hmm. like make something that we can be proud of. Gabe and I can be proud of because mm-hmm. because I just don't have much of a creative outlet in other places in my life. So like this is like sort of like a passion project, I guess. So for that passion to like rub off and actually hear that is really humbling for me personally. And yeah, and it's a circular inspiration too. Like yeah, you, you guys, totally. and all, the, all the other people too that we've met doing this. It's been like yeah, spurring each other on to to keep, yeah. to keep doing it. It's great, hundred percent. And I've been listening. Like every single like broadcast that you guys put out, I am listening and enjoying the heck out of everything. And also, you know, I'm learning and uh, seeing things from your guys' perspectives in a way that I never thought or like that I just don't think. So like whatever perspective you guys hear, whatever bullshit you hear from us every week, I feel like I'm gaining a lot from your guys' podcast as well. So it's it's been a true pleasure. And I'm I'm stoked. Honestly, every time they have you guys on, I'm stoked to have you yeah. guys here right now. Especially for Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for comic book stuff. It would be interesting. Maybe we should break away for one second and talk about the Matrix. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we? Well, we have a huge Matrix fan here. <laughs> Apart from Gabe saying in our Matrix episode that it might be one of his like favorite movies of all time. I mean, he says that a lot, but you know, <laughs> if there was like if there was like a top ten Matrix, would probably be in there. Absolutely, just yeah. as far as influential, because you're like really into sci-fi, like Blade Runner and just hook, Matrix. line, and sinker. Yeah. But we have. <laughs> A man who has spent thousands of dollars on Matrix memorabilia. Yeah, I can't. I can't match that. That was one of my the funniest things I think you've ever said uh, that I've heard you say. Um, you're like, I have thousands of dollars worth of Matrix memorabilia. <laughs> uh, so it's Alan. Yeah. Alan is yeah, that yeah. person. So, what did you think of Matrix Resurrections? It was infuriating. Absolutely infuriating because. The Matrix moved cinema forward so much from an action perspective, from a special effects perspective, Mm -hmm. in the idea that there were so many layers involved in the writing of The Matrix. It just wasn't about Neo. Neo was about the consciousness of society. 
Uh, it, it was about choice. Uh, there was a religious aspect. There are so many freaking layers in the Matrix mixed or hidden inside of a freaking action movie. Okay? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's insane. True. Okay? And then we have Resurrections, which in a lot of ways is a rehash of the ideas that were previously done. And also the action and special effects are some of the most underwhelming efforts that I've seen in any movie, regardless of the fact that it's part of the Matrix franchise, which is the greatest movie ever made. No, it's not. The Matrix <laughs> is the no, greatest movie ever made. No, it's not. Well, we can't count Titanic. But, okay, for me, it does go back and forth between The Matrix and Captain America Winter Soldier. But right now, Matrix is my number one. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing that they, I'll say, phoned it in. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt like Keanu Reeves tried to carry the movie, but he couldn't. And they made so many interesting choices as far as Hugo Weaving couldn't make it to the movie. So they wrote this new Agent Smith Mm -hmm. that just didn't feel like Agent Smith. But there was one scene in the movie where he mirrored the personality of Agent Smith. But then that just disappeared. Um, Or the Morpheus that wasn't Morpheus and was just slightly um, askew in his mannerisms. Just everything about the movie was a parody of what we love. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Yo, did anybody else want to take the blue pill while they're watching that movie? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And you're saying Hugo couldn't make time? Yeah, because that movie sucked. He read that script and was like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> Probably, honestly. You know what I mean? And then Morpheus, they they basically just said Morpheus wasn't good enough and didn't do anything in the franchise. Let me make a bootleg one. Yeah. Hugo's always been sort of selective with his roles. Like, that's why he wouldn't return as Red Skull. So he's like in for a little bit. And then he's like, I'm out of here because this is getting weird, you know? But he knew. He knew. How long was he in like Endgame for? For like maybe less than 10 minutes, if that? That wasn't him. Oh, it wasn't? I thought that was him. Interesting. That was a guy named Ross Marquand who is like really good at impressions. Dude. And so they hired him (laughs) to like do an impression of like a ghost version of Hugo Weaving. That's good. I I, I remember reading about that but i thought it was him at first the yeah. first 500 times i watched it yeah because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like him yeah it does keanu was probably thinking they should do the same thing with him <laughs> they should have just got ross marquand to, no honestly yeah. that would have worked yeah. yeah dude and then gabe you know you hit it too because I, I was telling alan like you could tell yin Wu ping didn't do anything with the movie from the trailer yeah and i, was I like, bet it was like that's... lawrence they probably didn't even call him honestly yeah, yeah. it's just like he that's the big part of the matrix right like yeah. even if this movie was terrible and I don't kind of hit the net on the head a little bit is the idea was there but they just fumbled the ball right mm-hmm. it could have been good but they didn't it's just lazy riding like Alan always says <laughs> right and it's just wasting everyone's time I wish what was it two hours I wish I could have back in my life that I can't get <laughs> Yeah, ultimately, it just felt un- it felt like unnecessary, right? It just felt like there wasn't any reason to do this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Alan, I have to ask, did you like anything about it? Even the ideas that they presented or some of the ideas? I like the ideas and I like the parallels that they used between the day in the life of Agent Smith slash Morpheus and the day in the life of Neo, mm-hmm. which made you think, was Neo also an immortal? Like, there were numerous layers to this movie that if you watched it a couple of times, you would ask yourself, like, okay, what's really going on here? Do we really know? I was actually just reading an article where there was an alternate ending to The Matrix Revolutions where the architect was going to reveal that even Zion was part of The Matrix. So that leads me to believe, like, hey, maybe this movie was going in a different direction where even Neo trying to break out out of the matrix was actually part of the matrix so it made me think yeah. a little bit so i did like that we should pivot really quick i was able to fill an hour and a half of spider-man content in our own episode yeah. but we were supposed to have you guys on yeah. for that episode so i'm curious what you guys thought it's all good dude first of all the production in that episode was freaking insane dude like you're bringing in the music to match up with each movie your transitions were so on point i was like holy fracking rabbits dude like <laughs> you kicked ass dude when you produced that okay like Thank you. i wish you would have 
done part of that before my wife watched Spider-Man No Way Home. Right, because I had forgotten like practically everything, and then when you guys came out with that episode, it was like, uh-huh. dude, like, oh yeah, makes me want to watch everything again, so I have a better tie-in to understand how the movies are uh, interconnected. That being said, um, it's very rare for me to find very few flaws in a movie, mm. but Spider-Man No Way Home was just a movie that, if there were flaws, you were so engaged in the movie that you didn't recognize that the flaws were there, which is just yes. amazing for me to see. So I cannot say enough good things about that movie. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, you I like agree. it? I, I agree with that. I, I freaking love the movie, man. Yeah, and yeah. when I was listening to your podcast about it, yeah, I, I all the lines that they were saying, I even my son, we immediately knew like, oh, that's from that movie. Oh, that's from that movie. And it was just... Like you had said in your podcast, it was just very humbling. And they took their time. They did the research, like you said. And they just, that's why it means so much more. I've seen it three times, right? And the second and third time, the crowd, man. You know, it's just like, the, the, that's why you always got to watch it the day one, right? Because you get the, not to say that you're not a true Marvel fan, but I want to say the hardcore people that you still reads comics and still does mm-hmm. researches, loves talking about the stuff that we thought would never happen growing up, that we'd have all these movies. Yeah. And just to see, at first it was like, I don't know how you guys experienced this, but there was like, uh, I was telling Dukes and Alfie on TikTok, they they were filming some of the footage, it just the crowd reaction, and it was just insane. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would like to think that I was in that video because the crowd was just nuts. And and they started with the Daredevil scene, right? We, yeah. we walked in, you saw the cane, everyone got kind of hyped i looked at my son i was like all right it's about to get litty right <laughs> and then and then when andrew garfield came in like you can tell everybody was like oh it's hype but shame on you marvel you like to trick people and you you know you weren't sure until you actually took off the hood and you took it off and it, the crowd went crazy and then you know everyone's hyped up for toby to come out toby yeah. comes out and yeah. just the sheer reaction even uh the scene where like mj was falling and when mj fell down you can hear everybody say oh no right mm-hmm. and then when you know like i it's funny because i had told my son like if Andrew was true in fact in that movie. He was going to be the one to catch her. And I thought they did that scene very beautiful. You know, and everybody, you could tell everyone's emotion was just like so good for the guy. And it just makes you love Andrew Garfield, who I think is a better Spider-Man. You're in good company. I agree. I know. I know. That's why I said that. I just like to see how this goes. Alf, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I would say there was so much going on with so many people, so many... There was so much to that movie, and it was so well put together. You know, so many movies <laughs> lose it in, in, in that. You know, the, you have all these different aspects, all these different characters, and, you know, they just can't quite get it to meld together properly. And they just... I mean, they were just sitting there, you know, weaving in and out, pulling it all together. Oh, man, it was great. I you Hugo know, Weaving. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. <laughs> who, who wasn't it? It was just Guy playing his voice. Yeah. No, but... um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was so so much emotion. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, Joe, in the in the movie theater, everybody's reactions were just amped up. You know, I walked in the theater and there was a couple of kids. Like, there's like three or four of them lined up right there, right next to me. And I'm like, look, you guys, I'm not going to be quiet. And they're like, no, no, that's cool. We're not going to be the. Oh, all right. Next thing you know, we're high five in the theater. It was it was you know camaraderie. You that's know, my, awesome. my son loved it. He was sitting there. He's you know six years old, well five years old at the time, but he was you know. A five-year-old, you know, kept his attention. He mm-hmm. was there on the edge mm-hmm. of the seat the whole time. My wife enjoyed it. She hates everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm surprised she likes me. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so there were so many parts that just like things you don't expect when he's like, you know, he's in there in the mirror verse with, uh, with Dr. Strange and he's just like, oh, hey, wait, this is nothing more than geometry. And he starts weaving everything together with webs and he pulls it all together and he's able to open up the portal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go back to Thor when he was talking to Jane Foster and she's like, hey, you know, Magic is just science yeah. we don't understand yet. And it's right. like, oh, hey, it's all... Yeah. yeah. Marvel does such a great job with these. Yes, I agree. So let's let's talk about uh, what we're here to talk about. The new Disney Plus Marvel series, limited series. I feel like they're setting it up for a second season, but we'll say a limited six-episode series for now. Hawkeye. Not hot guy. <laughs> Hawkeye. And uh, this follows the original Avenger that we saw in Avengers 1, who we've never really come to know, Jeremy Renner, as Hawkeye. <laughs> really have to separate those words. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Hawkeye. And uh, follows a plot during Christmas time in the year 2023, I think it is, or 2024. 
Because there is like a whole timeline thing. I think it's 2023. It 2023, was like, yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's yeah, five it's years yeah. post, post blip. Yeah. Post blip. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, you remember Yelena had that snap. It was 2018, and then it was mm-hmm. 2023 when she came back. Yep. And uh, he meets the comic accurate protege, Kate Bishop, and then go on this little adventure meeting a bunch of characters that are also from the comics and that won the hearts of the people that viewed this show. Do you want to pull up the cast really quick? So we have Jeremy Renner reprising his role for the sixth time, seventh time as Hawkeye. He's still got it. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just hit 50, right? He is 50 this year. Yeah. Or last year. So he was like 48, 49 when he was recording. We got Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Yes. We do. We do have Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> She's in it. She's in it for now. Yeah. Vera Farmiga was her mother, Eleanor Bishop. Mm-hmm. Tony Dalton played Jack du- Duquesne. Jacques. Jacques Duquesne. Uh, he was Jack in the show, Jacques in the comic, Duquesne. Yeah, Duquesne. There it is. <laughs> swordsman. Swordsman, right? yeah. I know nothing about Swordsman. He's uh, got a sword. <laughs> I don't know how, how deep you want to go, but... Deeper. <laughs> Deeper? Deep. All right. More <laughs> cast, please. We have a motley cast of characters for our tracksuit mafia. Oh, wait, don't mention any of those actors. Okay. Bro. Yeah. Don't mention those. <laughs> Bro. 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 Yeah. Echo was played, or Maya Lopez, was played by Alakwa Cox. Echo is a character that they're going to expand upon in her own series for Disney+, Plus, probably coming out in 2023, I would assume, but continue. We had Linda Cardinelli back as Laura Barton. Yes, we did. Who is also now revealed to be... Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Uh, Agent 19, but yeah, Mockingbird. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much Mockingbird. Which feels like they, it probably won't be explored in, maybe in the future. They just It felt like maybe just a little bit of I could do a flashback, I suppose, with de-aging or something. Then we had a whole bunch of LARPers. <laughs> yes. LARPers. What about the dude that works with, yeah, Echo? Oh, yeah, that was Fra, Fra Fee. His name is Fra. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> No, don't don't show me. I, I want, just I want, you, not, I want you to do it again. I'm not losing. I want you to say it. But. We have Frafi as Kazi. Wait, let me see. <laughs> don't show me. Don't <laughs> let me see. Oh, his name is Fra. <laughs> That's what I Fee. Frafi. <laughs> Originally, you said you said Fra Frafi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Fra first name, Fee last name. I'm so sorry, Fra. So when we're healed, never hear it. Yeah. We're going to cut all this out. It's fine. <laughs> hey, don't worry, Gabe. That's why I make Dukes say all the names. I don't, I don't say anybody's yeah, I'm, I'm names. I'm realizing this is why Steven makes me do it. Yeah. It's a source of entertainment. And then uh, I guess we have uh, one more very important person. Yes. Spoilers from this point on. Two, two more important people. Thank you, Alf. Oh, that's right. Florence Pugh, back as Yelena Belova. From Black Widow, who is basically our new Black Widow. She's our new Black Widow. And Wilson Fisk is back, or... Potentially not. Or um, the Wilson Fisk arrived for the first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. We don't know if he's back from where we have seen him before. Yeah. I'm, I got the impression it was not the Fisk that we know and love. <laughs> uh, or had previously known and loved. And There's that was yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. So. Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> Just now you have. <laughs> D'Onofrio. <laughs> It's Spanish. <laughs> I'd like to point out too that you know Kingpin did appear in Hawkeye before. Yes, Charlie Cox appeared as Daredevil in Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, yes, that's true. Also, I mean, if he filmed that one shot of his legs in Episode Three, that's true. He would have appeared weeks before. That was a nice leg. Yeah, you also hear his voice. I think because yes. she refers to him as Uncle, and then he you hear him speak. Powerful calves. Yeah, those. good girl. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the Hawkeye cast, and you could probably piece together the plot, and we'll we'll probably just cut straight to reactions for the sake of time, and then, you know, what we thought about Hawkeye, and then let the conversation just steer itself. So, I'll start. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was on track to be my favorite uh, Disney Plus Marvel show so far, beating WandaVision in my book, because I think that was the best one in my opinion up to this point. I know that that's like arguable. That's not the point. But I loved Hawkeye. It had great characters, character development. It really felt like it gave the audience what it needed to actually enjoy the characters that they were using in the show. You got to learn more about Hawkeye as a character, Clint Barton. You got to learn and fall in love with very quickly Kate Bishop 
as a character. You fell in love with Echo almost immediately and, you know, thereby are excited about her new series. And they even gave more backstory and made you like Yelena even more, I think, than in Black Widow. And to me, it was all going to be about sticking the landing for the sixth episode with bringing Kingpin back, who was beloved, beloved by the people who knew and watched the Netflix Daredevil series. So quick history, really quick. Once upon a time, Marvel, amidst making their cinematic universe and putting out their movies, they had reached out to a few different production studios to make Marvel shows, and they hinted that they would ultimately be incorporated at some point into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That idea was sort of abandoned, and they were not included in the culmination movie that we all know as Endgame. Which, it's funny, because I hear Benedict Wong over and over in that movie say, like, who else would you want to come battle with us an endgame and i'm like i could name four characters right now yep. all the defenders i want john bernthal's punisher to walk up mm-hmm. i want cloak and dagger from the abc family show or whatever it is <laughs> anyway daredevil played by charlie cox was one of those characters that arguably had the best show on netflix because netflix had this whole kind of tiny marvel cinematic universe that they were working up to with the defenders show uh they had jessica jones luke cage and iron fist but daredevil was considered the best show i think by most people so much so that i think kevin feige heard word from the fans and kind of knew that he was greatly loved that that show was doing really really well and people loved his version of daredevil so he decided to bring him back and charlie cox we really don't know what's going to happen to him in the future he's supposed to make appearances in a couple shows or movies. And they also brought back the villain from that show in this, in Hawkeye, who is Kingpin and played by the same actor that we saw before. In the Daredevil series in Netflix, he was very greatly fleshed out. You got a lot of backstory. Vincent D'Onofrio was scary, but... You also understood where he was coming from. The way that Vincent D'Onofrio has been speaking about the character still, he says he's playing him the same way here in Hawkeye, but he kind of plays him like he's an adult who thinks like a child, kind of acts like this petulant, whiny baby child who, you know, just has all this power and really doesn't want to be taken down. And he was great in the Daredevil series, and he was an imposing threat in that show. And here he is in the the finale of Hawkeye in episode six. We don't see him throughout the first five episodes. He shows up in episode six. And although he was comic book accurate, a lot of what happened in that episode was comic book accurate to Kingpin Wilson Fisk in the comic books. I thought his portrayal was much worse than the Daredevil series, personally. And I'll leave it there. And that, to me, made the whole show of Hawkeye slightly worse. It took it from an A to a B. So I'm kind of unsure still if it might be my favorite MCU show on Disney Plus to this point because of the Kingpin appearance. But everything else about the show, I couldn't say enough good things about. But love to hear feedback from anyone that wants to speak at this point. I'll go first. Um, Sure. Hawkeye, I love Hawkeye. And and I would say it is probably... It was my favorite of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. I agree. WandaVision was amazing. They they did a lot with that. They took you on a ride where they started off kind of slow and they just turned you around right away. But Hawkeye, I wasn't expecting much from it, you know, mm-hmm. and it really won me over, you know, from the relationships between him and Kate Bishop, especially the relationship from Kate Bishop to Yelena. Oh, my gosh. Those two were magic together. You know, even the trench coat mafia, you know, these they were nothing more than thugs and lackeys. You know, the ones you always just kind of throw away in the Marvel universe. Like, well, we got to get past these guys to get to this guy. And they were, they were fun. You know, they, they were just, they were so much fun. Echo, she was our Maya Lopez. She was amazing. Um, she did a great job. She brought you in and, you know, she only did the sign language. She didn't even make a sound. And it was like, you, she was so intriguing. Yeah. The mom was like, you know, is she good? Is she bad? Is, is she good? What, you know, it's like, she, she was a great character. Um, and I'd love the swordsman he was so much fun to me and i swore up and down from episode one two three four <laughs> this guy is behind everything yeah and then you know he's just you know sitting back there twirling his mustache saying things wrong and you know getting all his little sayings wrong and at the end he got to he got to kill people you know he's like oh this is my moment and then, um he murdered people <laughs> straight up murder <laughs> but you know the mom went to jail not him you know um <laughs> I, I still say it's the ruling's out on him. I'm pretty sure if there's a second season, you're going to find out that he was a little more of 
the mom's kind of strong arm, you know, she's got, she had to have a heavy, she couldn't do all the stuff by herself. You know, she was the mind Mm -hmm. Kingpin. Yeah. He did disappoint. I wanted to like it a lot. And I, I really, I really wanted to. And, you know, he's, he, they made him imposing, you know, I, I, I mentioned before that they, they did a few camera tricks to make him look larger than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were too obvious, you know, you know, you got Kazi sitting at a table, like he's at a kid's table, his knees are to his chin. And next thing you know, Kingman stands up and he looks all big and imposing, but you know, they were in the little square Ikea table that everybody has, you know, <laughs> there was just, there was so much to it. There was so much heart, so much mentorship, you know, um, friendship, buddy cop movie. I mean, I saw pieces of, of like lethal mm-hmm. weapon of die hard, you know, there mm-hmm. were so many, so many tropes that they took and, and they just made work. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I, my favorite was when Kate Bishop's like, stop making me trying to like you. <laughs> she was, oh man, yeah. Elena was just so funny. And I, I could listen to her just chew really all day, you know, yeah. um, but that's my take, you know, it's, it's definitely my favorite. Yeah. What about you guys? <laughs> well, overall, I have to say that I didn't really like the show. Let me explain why. Episodes one and two are categorically, we all make excuses for it, but episodes one and two just weren't that good. You know, and they were slow. We can say that they were building character and everything like that, but that was a complaint a lot of people had. One and two were slow, and people were saying, well, this seems like it's a lot more about uh, Kate Bishop than Hawkeye. You know, that, that was the first two episodes. That was a complaint. Now, three, four, and five, they picked it up. I got really excited, and I was like, wow, this is really good. But I look at the entire show. I compare it to a roller coaster, okay? Roller coaster starts off slow. It's got a few loops. It's got a few peaks, got a few valleys. But you know what? The end of the roller coaster is what people remember. And that episode six just came across very flat. You know, I felt like when Kingpin was introduced in episode five, we were like, wow, here it comes. This is the character that we've been anticipating because he, being Vincent D'Onofrio, did such an amazing job as Kingpin, had so much intensity when he was in Daredevil, yet when he was in episode six, he came across very cartoony. Uh, not very believable. 100%. So D'Onofrio was definitely a letdown. And I thought the action in episode six didn't compare to the action in episodes four and five. So let's remember again, this is your story arc. This is what you want to have people remember. And this is what they gave us. The action wasn't as good. Um, I felt like the fighting with the swordsmen at times was a little bit confusing. Like... Why is he killing people? Um, what? Why is that okay? Because they're doing what? Uh, so, so that came across as a little bit confusing to me. Um, just everything about episode six detracted from three, four, and five. Three, four, and five were great, but when we look at it, everything as a whole, let's say we give an A to three, four, and five, mm-hmm. and a C to one, two, and six. Mm-hmm. Your average is a B, which, mm. hey, Steven, that's what you gave us, right? <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's very much deserved. Uh, this show just comes out as a B because episode six, you know, it's like Renner. Yes, he passed the torch. Great. Are they setting up things for Young Avengers? Are they incorporating the Netflix universe? Yes, they are. All these things are great. But I I really can't look at a show based on what it may give me. I have to look at what it actually did give me. And it really under-delivered when you look at the show as a whole. I agree with you so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everything you just said is everything... Everything. That's everything. Joe? Oh, and everybody thought you were talking about the Matrix right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, felt, I felt like he destroyed Hawkeye more than he did the Matrix. That's how biased this guy is, right? Damn. If you think about it, right? I thought the show was good, dude. I mean, if you think about, like, the time that there's rumors going around that when Kingpin came into power, it was during the snap, which is a Netflix series, right? So... If you figure that time where everybody comes back, even though he was telling Ronan Hawkeye, you know, tips to kill like certain mob bosses, right? And he Mm -hmm. was out there killing. 
What if he didn't kill everybody and everyone came back from the snap? Therefore, Kingpin doesn't have as much power as he did. So maybe that's why he sounds like a little whiny baby. I thought he sounded like a whiny baby in the Netflix series, to be honest. I love Charlie Cox a lot more than I did Kingpin. I thought he was okay. I didn't watch it for Kingpin. I watched it for Daredevil, right? I think mm-hmm. Charlie Cox is, for me, better. He made the show. I think Kingpin was okay. And if you thought the first two episodes was about Kate Bishop and the people were complaining about it, maybe read a comic book. <laughs> right? You know, and then last time I checked, WandaVision, the first two episodes were slow. I told Dukes, I said, I'm not going to watch this garbage. He's like, no, it gets better. <laughs> and yet, it was the opposite with Hawkeye, right? Yeah. And if you think about it, you're telling me Kingpin made that whole show. So all the chemistry that you felt with Elena, Kate Bishop, right? All that goes out the window because you didn't like Kingpin. The show's not called Kingpin. The show's called Hawkeye, in my opinion, right? So uh, what did Hawkeye give you? Hey, what did Hawkeye give you? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Let's look at Yelena and when she was really shining, when we looked at her and said, wow, this is a really great character. Was right. that in episode six? No, it was in episode five. Of which what? Me- of what? Of Hawkeye. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. And so my point is that in order to have the show finish strong, Yelena needed to really come across as being like a strong character um to like her even more and they didn't do that it was it was just flat episode over episode she was flat and that's my point now joe i agree with you a hundred percent in that yeah the show may have been called hawkeye and that kingpin was not the primary however he was presented as sort of the final boss in the show yes uh he was he was the man who was pulling all the strings and for that character to show up and be underwhelming it just didn't give us what we needed all they had to do was put him up like in a high tower and just have him pulling the strings they didn't even have to feature him as much as they did they they just needed to set him up to be a more imposing menacing presence in the mcu have someone else on the ground pulling people out of a car and fighting Kate Bishop and then cut to him up in the high tower going like, yes, that is me. But to have him do all the grunt work and then do that encounter with echo, like that whole like encounter on the street with echo and whatever happened with the gunshot, who knows, but that should have happened in the echo series set up your kingpin here to be like a presence in the MCU, but they didn't do that. They did him really dirty, honestly. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about it. Really well, that's that's the problem with six episodes, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, I think I think ten's perfect. I don't think you need to go any higher than ten episodes, but you got to cut all the loose ends and you got to do it in the last episode. So you have no choice but to do things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I think Vincent went on record saying that he wants Kingpin to be the next bad in Marvel, and I'm like, yeah. I'm okay with it in the TV series, but I don't care too much if he was like in the movie being a main villain, right? Right. He's a street level thug. He, yeah, he's not. He's not somebody who's gonna like impose upon the whole Marvel universe. You know, no, no, no. He's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna be Raz in the Defenders, or you know. <laughs> but he could he could you know f- it up for oh yeah Daredevil, oh, yeah. Spider Man, Moon Knight, Echo, Hawkeye already has. You know, he could he could mm-hmm. be not the overarching villain for whatever next saga we're in right now, the right. Kang saga, but he could be like, you know, the overarching villain for like phase four, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really set him up to be a presence and then just have like a team up to take him down. Like as like the right. first Avengers movie or whatever, or the yeah. fifth <laughs> Avengers movie, All the, the, Avengers the first movies. Avengers movie in this phase. Mm-hmm. I think they lost me with echo because the way they did echo in episode six, I wasn't looking forward to her, any of her series at all. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I just wasn't hyped up for her. Like, it was kind of dope, you know, when they introduced her. But I wasn't, to me, that was more disappointing because she's the one that's getting the series, not the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, to Alan's point, like, I wasn't motivated with that. I just thought that was just lazy writing. Mm. Both of you just expressed. <laughs> you you were kind of dissatisfied <laughs> with the ending of Hawkeye. And so I thought, because... Yeah. The NWO boys here have put out almost an episode, podcast episode per episode of Hawkeye. Yeah. So it's been funny to hear them like get really jazzed on episodes mm-hmm. three, four, and five. Right. right. But really jazzed about Hawkeye. And then now you're saying like you didn't like it as much overall. I agree with you guys though. Like episode six, man. 
I loved all the Trick Arrow stuff and yeah. the Tracksuit Mafia fighting them and the, tr- <laughs> the tree and the owl and all that stuff. <laughs> but the stuff with Kingpin, the stuff with Echo. I liked Yelena right. too. I liked the confrontation with Yelena and Hawkeye where he tells her like, hey, like your sister sacrificed herself and, and Yelena sort of backs off. Um, that had good resolve. Yeah, really good resolve. And that's, if you could take out Kingpin, the show mm-hmm. is like really good. <laughs> what do you think about that, Alan? There was a disconnect in Yelena's character, which I didn't understand. Which was? Uh, Madame Hydra tells Yelena that Hawkeye killed her sister, right? But that wasn't motivation enough for her to go after Hawkeye. She had to get paid for it first. Like, that didn't make any sense because the way that they set it up was when Madame Hydra said, hey, that, you know, Hawkeye killed your sister. Mm-hmm. You would think that that would be motivation to get some revenge, but apparently it wasn't. It also required a contract. Otherwise, she was willing to just sit around and do whatever with Madame Hydra. Wait, that just- who contracted her? Because everyone assumed that she was paid, but she never actually admitted to that. So I think the motivation... They for... said Eleanor Bishop hired her in this show. Yeah, she she said it herself. She did. Yeah, yeah. she's like mm-hmm. here. She sent the picture uh, to Kate Bishop. This mm-hmm. is who hired me. But you know, she was she was very busy and focused on on trying she's a hired to free. Assassin. She gets yeah. paid to kill people. Well, she, she was she was focused on freeing all the Black Widows first. That's why she was she's been so busy. Couldn't she, she w- have been lying though about who hired her? Yeah, but why? What would be the motive in that? Uh, to f- with Kate Bishop. <laughs> Kate Bishop? You keep saying my name like <laughs> like you know who I am. <laughs> Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. <laughs> I still got the impression that Yelena was after Hawkeye because of what Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> from what Elaine said. <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot that completely because it seemed like that it didn't matter. Yeah. For some reason, I still am under like the belief and assumption, regardless of what the show said. That Yelena wasn't paid or wasn't contracted by Kate Bishop's mom. I really think she was there because Elaine sent her there. Well, that black video was bad. <laughs> so I wouldn't be mad if we just did it. We acknowledged just it didn't exist. It <laughs> Snap that out of existence. Well, I think. Right. Do we know like post blip? Because Alf said she was still possibly freeing black widows. It seemed like post blip, she came back and just had nothing to do really. Right. Until, she was. Until Madam yeah. Hydra rolled up and said, I got a job. You can go kill Hawkeye. <laughs> for whatever reason. And this chick over here is going to pay for it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Eleanor Bishop just like, maybe behind the scenes, maybe that's what they'll do moving forward with Eleanor Bishop tying her to like mm-hmm. uh, Madame Hydra or something like that. I must be insane, but like, I just don't, because I agree with you, Alan, that that's the worst mm-hmm. plot hole. That's so stupid that yeah. Marvel wouldn't do that. So I feel like Yelena must have been lying. That's what I think. Well, there was also speculation that, that uh, Madame Hydra was Kate Bishop's aunt whose apartment they kept breaking into, right? Oh, you yeah. know, there there was a lot of um, things that coincided That's with like, her likes and dislikes and what things were around the apartment. That's but I did look it up. I had to because I have to know for sure. It's La Contessa <laughs> Valentina Allegra de La Fontaine. There you go. I'm going to commit that to me. Say right. that five times really fast. <laughs> that, that, that. Or that. Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> I kept waiting for a gag post-credits where some random woman who would be Kate Bishop's aunt walks back into her apartment and is like, what the hell happened? <laughs> who wrote on my picture? That would have been a better post-credits yeah. scene than the one we got for Hawkeye. Oh, man, I love Rogers the Musical. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing about the post-credits scene <laughs> is if we use a roller coaster analogy... <laughs> um, yeah, it's the really bad photo at the end. <laughs> Just explain. yeah, like it falls off the tracks. Is, yeah, between that and yes, it's time to go back to the Matrix. Okay, <laughs> I remember sitting in the Matrix for like it felt like an hour for the after credits to roll, and they gave us the Catrix. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the end of the Matrix, that's what they gave us. Yeah, but this Steve Rogers musical thing. Marvel fans want a continuation or something else that leads into the series. Mm-hmm. Okay? That was like the biggest FU in the history of mm-hmm. the MCU yeah. With, yeah. with that dumb musical. Like, yeah. dude, now, now I'm fired up again, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like Eternals. It's like an Eternals like, post-credit. <laughs> that would have been awesome. There was no, bro, the audience. What I mean is the post-credit is the Eternals movie. It was his duty. <laughs> like... 
we can't be the only ones that you, you sat there and watched it because you were like hoping someone was going to get up out of the seat. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Captain yeah. America. And no one was there. Old but man. where does this series yeah. go from here, though? Right? Because I'm not hyped up on Echo, right? I'm more hyped up if they did a Yelena series more than an Echo, to be honest. You know? Uh, did they bring back the mom, right? Or is it a new villain? It's like, what are they going to do? I do feel like the story is not done. Like, I feel like they could do a Hawkeye season two uh, really, really easily where it ended. Because it's like Clint brought Kate Bishop to his home and welcomed her in as almost like a family member. Like, mm-hmm. she's an Avenger or something now. And I just think that they could easily do a season two. Not at Christmas time, but, you know, something. Right. I'm calling season two Kate Bishop and the Elena Hour, you know? It's going to be their show. Do you think we'll ever see Clint again? Yes, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to what happens next. Like, monumentally excited for what happens next. Now, it does require me to dive into my understanding of the comic books and to look forward to Young Avengers, which you're talking about, or the mm-hmm. fact that they have expanded the universe now. So, we will have a Daredevil, perhaps, interacting with Kate Bishop. And it's just, there's so much opportunity created by this show but i'll say this uh hawkeye season two is going to be young avengers it's going to be sort of a transition kate bishop transitioning into the young avengers is what i feel like season two is going to be because uh we have elijah bradley he's been introduced kate bishop speed and wiccan um, Iron Lad's not there yet, and they're probably going to bring in a new version of Ka- Cassie Lang. So uh, the only character that they don't have at this point is Hulkling, and they'll probably bring him in with uh, Secret Wars, which doesn't match up perfectly, but it does give you the opportunity to have a Kree Scroll war brought into there. So I think they're going to move over into Young Avengers because they've been introducing all the characters in all of these shows mm-hmm. uh so it only makes sense that that's where they're going next they also have miss marvel and uh spider-man as well yeah because he's young although nobody knows who he is now yeah <laughs> but yeah, I, I could see in like a hawkeye season two you know it'll be the kate bishop show and there's gonna be a phone call to clint you know and he's gonna be there on the ranch and he's gonna be like look you gotta wire this to that in order for this to work properly or i don't know if i can get any more pin particles but i'll see what i can do one last job <laughs> yeah who do you think's going to be the leader of the avengers you know because hawkeye is one of the original ones you know he could be somewhat of like a leader in the background the man in the chair you know what i mean yeah could be sam sam wilson yeah that's another one too even though like it does seem like they're setting up for a young avengers i would rather see a new avengers movie incorporating characters like sam's captain america or whatever they're going to do with thor is like beta ray bill or whoever's next you know like the next thor i would rather Mm -hmm. see new avengers rather than young avengers i just feel like young avengers i feel like it could be really bad (laughs) if it's not if it's not done extraordinarily it could just be like a huge swing and a miss what we need is west coast avengers (laughs) i would take that honestly even over young avengers well you could do a tv series of it you know what i mean like every tv series that lead up to a young avengers series kind of like how they poorly did with the defenders yeah i would take that it'll be like a wb teenage heartthrob show we do have ironheart though ironheart's coming too right riri i wonder if we're ever gonna see the guys in the van again there was supposed to be a post-credit scene with those guys in the van that would have been awesome i would have been okay with that yeah where they they were essentially getting eaten by the owl (gasps) and they they were like we should not do that because it's too dark but that was like what the writers said that they had come up with for that those characters they snuck their way into the uh, steve rogers musical and got stomped on That guy wasn't. See, even that's there. another thing about like Disney Plus. You're not gonna see that dude. That would have been dope. If it ended like that, dude, Alan would have been like, you know, the roller coaster was I. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was yeah. fun about Hawkeye was that we got to see regular people taking a lot of real damage. And right. Yeah. Like the whole show, Jeremy Renner is just strapped up with ice packs. And that was refreshing to see after yeah. 10, 15 years of super people. Yeah just shrugging off you know buildings and planets mm-hmm. hey, you gotta clean that up you're gonna get an infection <laughs> yeah i would like to see like a, a remake of the shawarma scene where like it's all the regular people just with packs like and they're all just sitting there like oh yeah <laughs> yeah that'd have been cool has anyone ever watched the damage control show that was on nbc that was supposed to be in the mcu no. or, yeah just wondering if they uh ever 
incorporated sort of those storylines into the MCU of the aftermath of what happens with all the heroes yeah. as far as like somebody's got to you know out. okay so <laughs> after ba- after the battle of new york you know we saw that uh who was it the vultures crew was cleaning up yeah. right but where did people live you know what how did that impact people mm-hmm. so looking at the common person it's just really interesting to think that I understand it's it's fiction, it's science fiction or whatever. But once you introduce the idea that you have real people experiencing pain and, you know, they need to use ice packs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, it opens up the idea that a lot of the stuff that occurs in the MCU has long-standing repercussions to the average person. Yeah. So true. When Hawkeye went deaf, you know, what could it have been from? And I don't know, and all the explosions and flashbacks that he was having. But yeah, I mean, post-traumatic stress. Yeah, I love the scene in Endgame in the beginning where I think it's Captain America is sitting in on like a meeting for people that were affected by... Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the disappearance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those scenes really do add a whole level of depth to Marvel. Those those Mm -hmm. are the things that I'm always looking forward to that we don't get a whole lot of, especially in... uh, the sillier yeah. uh, content. <laughs> well, that's when the comics were started, like the whole thing was Peter Parker, Spider-Man. When he first started coming around, that's kind of changed the game to where it's like, the story is it's Peter Parker. You know, it's, it's about him being a teen that's dealing with all this. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not just like, I'm just Superman. And once in a while I'm going to be Clark Kent, you know, and with the Marvel universe, when it started, they were people that had real problems. And that was kind of the intrigue there. What kind of won them over from like the more powerful DC characters. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, any final thoughts about Hawkeye or the Kingpin? (laughs) (laughs) Even though it was an underwhelming show, I feel like it set up a lot of things that I'm really looking forward to. So yeah, the show gets a B minus, but it has really put a lot of things in place that are going to propel the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the Dukes. I mean, uh, when I was in high school, B minus was dope. <laughs> I mean, since when was like a B minus is like nah, it's a B minus, dude. I took I took a B minus all day, every day from a D, little homie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I, th- I enjoyed the show. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, that's how I passed high school, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. With me, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I I can't get enough of it. I've I've told friends and family to watch it. And Christmas, my mother in law there and and her husband or my father in law, they're you know seventy year olds, and you know we're flipping around the TV, you know, watching this and that and the other. You know, let let's put on Hawkeye. So we put on Hawkeye and we watch an episode. We watch another episode. Another. I go. You guys got to at least stick to part three where you've got that awesome scene inside the car with the camera just f- around everything, you know. And then you know they're like, you know, we want to watch one more. And that we want to watch. You know what? We might as well just watch the last two because we're here already. They said two 70-year-olds sat there with me for six hours, give or take, and watched all these Hawkeye movies. And they loved it. They had a great time. I had a great time. It was a blast. Nathaniel, you know, my five-year-old popping in and out, you know, because he's got no attention span right now. But he was like, oh, yeah, this is the part. Where, oh, yeah. Oh, ah. And he was out. Yeah. How many times have you seen it now? All um, the way I'm going to say I've watched each episode probably at least three or four times. Wow. I think when I see a new piece of Marvel media, I always think about its rewatchability factor. Mm -hmm. And that's how I generally grade, you know, the Marvel content that I see before the infinity saga ended. I used to rewatch the movies all the time, like leading up to, you know, I'd start with Iron Man and go to incredible Hulk and so forth and so forth. And I would just enjoy the crap out of that because there was nothing else like it at the time. Now we have so much Marvel content that I'm like, Am I going to rewatch this in a year or two? Like, am I going to enjoy this again, you know, after I've forgotten a little bit about it in like a year or two? And for me, Hawkeye is like, apart from, you know, the fact that it falls flat in the end, I really enjoyed it personally. And I love Christmas. So the fact that it was at Christmas, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's Christmas in New York. It had like that classic Christmas in New York thing going for it. It had really well-rounded characters and great interactions between them. The Tracksuit Mafia was just like the the perfect amount of hokey for me. Bro. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I I will rewatch it at some point. Christmas. One day when I don't have young kids and I'm like able to sit and binge hours worth of content, I will mm. watch it again. For me, I mean, personally, it's kind of middle of the pack Marvel, but I think I, I think it'll do, like you said, really well with 
not hardcore fans. A perfect example is Alf's, you know, 70-year-old. I feel like just because of the Christmas connection and the good vibrations that come with that, I think people <laughs> will people will really, really like this show. And I'd be interested to see Disney's analytics for this versus like Wanda and uh, specifically Wanda and Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. because it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think even people that aren't familiar with every single part of the saga will be able to just jump into this and have a good time. Yeah. So moving forward, I think people will only like, you know, think fondly on it. We'll probably see Fisk again. So that doesn't really matter what happened to him anyway in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for the hardcore fans, it's like, it's it's whatever. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have another mar- piece of Marvel in two or three months to fill us. Yeah, so. true, true, true. I mean, it washed the bad taste of Eternals out of our mouth. <laughs> yeah well let's end um (laughs) thank you guys for being here again and i look forward to the next time we can do this again thanks for having us thanks for having us thank you guys oh of course it's always a pleasure here's a song from the unforgettable hawkeye score (laughs) 